Good morning, everybody. Um, it's a good day. This morning we're going to talk about hearing the shepherd's voice. And uh, as usual, Warren came up and gave a preview of the sermon. I don't know if you've noticed how often he does that. <laughs> and it's because uh, we all have one shepherd and he has one voice. And we can hear it. He speaks to us. Um, John ten twenty seven, which is just after the verses that Warren shared this morning, says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's a promise. That's a promise. Um, this, so this morning, <clears throat> God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. I'm not so much going to talk about the the particulars of exa- exactly how we hear his voice. Uh, we, we hear it through the, when we're reading the Bible. We hear his voice when we're praying in our thoughts. Some people have heard an audible voice with their ears. Um, he'll speak to us through songs. He'll speak to us through words of other people. He'll speak to us through prophecies. There are lot, lots of all kinds of ways that God speaks to us. Um, but this morning more I'm going to be talking about um, how to tune or prepare our hearts um, to be able to hear his voice. And, um, you know, how many of you have a a cell phone or a smartphone? Uh, I like my smartphone and I depend more and more on it. And uh, uh, for the last year or so, I guess, it started having a problem where it's becoming more and more difficult to charge. So it's got this jack and you plug in your charger to it and usually it's supposed to just go in there easily and charge. Uh, you know, and it go ba-bing and then when you unplug it's ba-bing and, or something like that. And uh, sometimes it, it wouldn't stay plugged in, it wouldn't connect. And um seemed like as the longer, you know, as it progressed, it would get more and more intermittent, how I could, to the point where, you know, I'd have to try about five times and push really hard to get it to, to plug in. And then, well, finally it got to the point where two weeks ago, one morning I was trying to charge it and I had bruised fingers. I was try, trying for 15 minutes to get it to stay plugged in, you know. I was like, if I do it just right, take the cover off, you know. And I was, I was assuming there was something broken in my phone, some, something physically wrong with it that it wouldn't charge. And, and um, <clears throat> I, I, I decided I've got to get a new one. I've got to replace this one. I've got to get rid of it. And um, so... That night I was messing around trying to put my card in Amy's phone and uh, that wasn't working. And I was looking at the the jack and I was like, huh, well, it seems the same. And then I was looking at my phone and I was like, something in there. And I took a paper clip and I started scraping around inside the jack and lint came out. (laughs) And I scraped more and more lint because it was jammed in there really, really tightly. And... I pulled a bunch of lint out of there. My phone just had lint in its belly button. That's all it was. 
you got to clean that out every once in a while, right? Um, but I thought, wow, that's a, that's a sermon illustration because how often do we feel like our connection with God's powerful voice is broken or it's, it's just intermittent. It's got a connection problem. And, uh, and sometimes we come to the conclusion there's something wrong with my spiritual ears. I just, I just don't hear his voice very well. And, um, you know, but we need to hear his voice. We need his power for healing, provision, and protection. We need his anointing for the work that he's called us to do. We need influence uh, to transform people, people's hearts, the hearts of people around us, um, because we can't do that on our own. We need his wisdom for all kinds of decisions and directions. We need his encouragement to persevere, persevere through difficulties. We need his love to serve all those around us, the ones we love and the ones who, you know, maybe it's more difficult to love. We need his love. We need his peace when we're stressed or when we're facing fear, fear um, anxiety. We need his voice for a lot of things, but, but the truth is, um, what a power is the voice of our shepherd. God's voice brings power. It brings all of those things to us. And um, this week I looked at Psalm 29. Uh, it's a psalm that, that is a big metaphor. <clears throat> it gives a word picture of God's voice and the picture is of a, a huge storm, a storm that's coming in off the Mediterranean Sea uh, to Israel and sweeping from the north part of Israel to the south, all through the nation, and, uh, and what it does and the power of this storm. And uh, so let's, let's just read that, Psalm, 120, Psalm 29, and see what it says about the Lord's voice. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Now, who are the mighty ones? Some people say uh, it's angels, and that's, that's true. But I think also it could be, it could be us. Uh, we are children of God, right? Um, give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the, so it's, it's describing like this storm that's over the sea. And uh, you've seen this storm. If you've been over the sea, like if you've been near the ocean when there's a storm, it does something to the lightning. The lightning over the sea is just, just amazing. It branches out and, and the wind coming in, the power of it. Um, the Mediterranean Sea has, uh, doesn't have as big a hurricanes as the Atlantic Ocean, but it, sometimes they do get the swirling storms. They call them medicanes. Something... Sounds like something you'd buy to put on your rash or something, yeah. or your, your chapped lips. But, um, but when, 
Anyway, big storms can come off of there and, uh, and they're majestic and powerful. Verse 5 says, The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. You know, cedars are very, very tall trees. Well, not so much around here. But evidently in Lebanon they are because the Bible talks a lot about that. And they're up, they're up on mountains and they're very tall. Um, you know, it's saying, the voice of the Lord um, breaks the cedars. The, everything that stands up, you know, all the powers that be who stand and, and sometimes they cause us difficulties, right? Or those situations that, that, that tower above us, that mountain that we need moved. Um, it says the, the voice of the Lord can deal with that. The voice of the Lord can break that down. Uh, verse 6, he makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a wild ox. Syrian is a, another name for Mount Hermon. which Lebanon is north of Israel and, Mount, and it's a, has mountains. And Syrian, Mount Hermon is in the north of Israel. That's a really tall one. It's, got a snow, it's a snow-capped mountain. And uh, it said those, those mountains, the voice of the Lord just makes them skip like a calf. It kind of alludes to the same thing Jesus talked about. Speak to that mountain and it will move. Um, verse 7, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. People think that's maybe talking about lightning, bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Uh, that wilderness is in the south of Israel, uh, south of Jerusalem. And so this storm sweeps through the nation, makes a, a sandstorm as the wind blows through the desert. And uh, so, you know, in those, it's talking about in those times of wilderness in your life, the voice of the Lord um, has power to, to help you then. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. Um, that's uh, evidently deer and I guess sheep too. Like uh, sometimes they get so terrified of thunderstorms that in the springtime they will actually uh, give birth to their young uh, during a storm that the storm will cause them to go into labor and give birth. Um, but uh, so, so I think one way we can interpret that is the voice of the Lord um, has the power to speak and create life to bring, bring new things and strips the forest bare. In other words, if you've seen a tornado go through somewhere or a heavy wind, it, c it can just strip all the leaves, even the branches off the trees. And um, in his temple... Everyone says glory. And so for God's people, for those of us in his temple, the image is, you know, it's gone through Jerusalem. Well, there are people in the temple in Jerusalem and they give glory to God for his majesty and power, just like they might look at the storm and say, wow, uh, when, when his voice speaks, it it." causes us to be in awe of him and give glory to him. Next verse. Um, 
The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. So this, uh, this image, the flood, I mean, it could be a flood caused by the storm, but uh, the word used there, the only other time it's used, is, it's the word that's used for the flood of, at Noah's time. And, uh, and so it's saying, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. That was a time of judgment. And he is, he is the king over all the universe, and his, his voice at times can bring judgment. Um, and he is the Lord of that. And the Lord sits as king forever. He will be the Lord, and his voice, uh, what he says will happen. We know that there will come a day when, when he comes to judge the world in, in the last day and he will rule forever. But now verse 11, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So it's an interesting psalm. It says a lot of things about the voice of the Lord, but do you see a contrast? The voice of the Lord is a terror. It's a fearful thing for his enemies, and it will move anything that tries to stand in the way of his purposes his voice will move it away, will break it down, uh, will come against it, and his voice can bring judgment. Um, but for those who are his, for those of us who are his sheep, what does the Lord's voice bring? First of all, it causes us to worship him and glorify him. But it brings us strength, and it brings us peace. Same voice, right? It's because we are his. It's because we are in his family. We are on his good side, not on his bad side. <laughs> um, and that's because of the blood of Jesus. He's brought us um, to be his. Um, so, you know, the Lord, our shepherd, he's a God who truly speaks. How many of you believe he speaks? I mean, we believe in the Bible, right? But God speaks to us. Uh, the Bible is God's word, but, but the Lord speaks personally, individually to us, sometimes through the Bible, but definitely through his spirit in us. And uh, it's, his voice is powerful. Sometimes you know, his voice speaks in us and we echo it. We speak it with our own voice and, um, and it changes the atmosphere and the situations around us. It, it moves the mountains and the problems that we face, right? And it moves in our own heart and in the hearts of people around us. So we really need to hear his voice. Um, so here's a question this morning I want to talk about how do we hear his voice? And really, how do we set our, prepare and set our hearts to be hearing his voice? Because we know that he has a voice and that he speaks. Um, and we don't want to be like my cell phone, <laughs> where the connection is all uh, jammed up with lint. <laughs> um, so here's the first thing, and this is uh, the Lord uh, gave me these points, I believe. Uh, we should approach God with humility, to humble ourselves before the Lord. Now, what does what does that mean to be humble? Uh, well. This is what I felt like the Lord said too. The, the world is not humble, generally speaking. 
um, the world takes pride in being capable and self-sufficient, particularly we Americans, I think. But uh, it's a human thing. It's part of human nature. We think we're capable. We think we're self-sufficient. Diligence and development of skill is a good thing. But to think that you can take care of your own needs in this world is not good. It's arrogant. And it's also ignorant to think uh, that's not humility. To think that, that I am this way. But sometimes we are taught that way. We're taught that way by maybe our parents even, but the world around us, um, that we've got to take care of ourselves. Um, people, people become proud and lose the way because they believe that they can really shepherd themselves. Or they, you know, I don't want to follow any other shepherd. I'm going to follow myself, you know. Um, or else, the other side of the coin is we despair because we realize uh, that I'm failing to do that and I'm all alone and, and I should be taking care of myself and, I, and I'm not doing it, I'm failing. Uh, either way is a bad situation. But the Bible says this, James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. There's a picture, you look, think back to that psalm. God, in the psalm, the voice of God opposes that which is high and mighty. Uh, but, but for the humble, he gives grace. Um, psalm 138.6 says, For though the Lord is on high, he regards the lowly. But the haughty, he knows from afar. So God has a special place in his heart for those who are humbled. He regards the lowly. He doesn't think, uh, look particularly kindly or, or well on those who are proud and haughty. Uh, you know, um, Bill Johnson has said, the Lord, what attracts the Lord is faith, right? Um, but is, is faith haughty to believe um, I am confident God is going to do it. Is, is, that, is that proud? Because I, I know sometimes people get accused of that. Um, David, when he was a shepherd, his brother accused him of being proud, but really it was faith, right? And um, is that haughty? No. Why? Because faith depends on the Lord. Okay. So to be humble does not mean to not be confident in the Lord. To be humble means not being confident in myself without the Lord. Do you understand the difference? So you can be confident and be humble. Faith, faith and humility go together. And dependence is humble. It's humility. So that's the first thing. To approach the Lord, we must approach him humbly. Uh, that can also mean uh, to, to humble ourselves in repentance when we need to, Right? To say, Lord, I, I, I am not righteous without you. I have sinned. Forgive me. Okay? But the, the next thing is, we must, when we approach the Lord, we must believe that he is good and that when we come to him, that he will love us, forgive us, and bless us. Do you expect that? Do you believe that about the Lord? 
Do you believe that he feels that way about you? Do you believe that when you come to him, he will receive you in that way? That's an important thing for hearing his voice accurately. Uh, Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Okay, but there's a, there's a promise there, and that is if you seek him, when you seek him, you will find him. And uh, the, the context of that is uh, seeking him, coming to him, asking for forgiveness of sins. Because that's where um, it's talking about the Israelites uh, in captivity. And he's telling them, come back to me. And then he goes on, I know the plans that I have for you. I'm going to bring you out of captivity. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to forgive your sins. And so when we come to him for forgiveness, we need to be confident he's going to receive us. Our natural reaction, our human reaction, is to run away like Adam and Eve did and hide, right? Or to cover it up or try not to come to him. But, but no, God's heart is always come. If you sinned, come to me right away as soon as possible. I will receive you. I will forgive you if you come uh, repenting sincerely. In Matthew 7, 6 and 7, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks to the one who knocks, it will be opened. God is saying, if you come to him in sincerity, his answer is going to be yes. If you come asking him for good things, I guess sometimes we come to him and we're a little misguided, maybe we're not asking for things that are good, but, um, but if you're asking him for something good, something biblical, then the answer is going to be yes. Uh, it's pretty clear there. He is willing, like he told the leper. He said, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. Be healed. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times we don't say the word, but we think that God is stingy. We think that God is stingy, like he's going to try to teach us a lesson or something. He's like, well, I've got a million dollars in my pocket. Here, I'll give you a quarter. You know? Um... We, we use different words than stingy for it. Um, sometimes we call it sovereignty. <laughs> and sometimes we say, oh, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, but, what, but what it really means is we think he's stingy, that he's not, he's not prone to answer yes. He's not prone to give us good things that are truly good. And um, I think it's a way to cover over our experience. It, we're... We're making a theology of, about God over what, what we've experienced and we get impatient and we say, well, it must be God knows better than I do about this. Well, definitely God does know better than we do about a lot of things. But some things are good and, and uh, it's clear that they're good. Um, Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Do you believe that God is a rewarder? 
that if you seek him, that you're going to end up with something good. Um, think about the parable of the talents. The, the servant who buried his talent, and he was criticized by the master, right? How did, did, did he see his master as a rewarder? No, opposite. He, he saw his master as a thief. He said, I, I know you take stuff from places where you didn't plant them. So I think part of the message in that parable is, is this. The other two guys, they were like, oh, God, the master has given us an opportunity. Let's invest it. But the third servant was like, oh, my master, he's not good. He's a th- he takes from where he doesn't get it, and I'm afraid of him, and, um, and so I'm going to bury what I have. And, um, and no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God's a rewarder of those who seek him. And we must believe that. And, and to hear his voice accurately, he wants us to come with the right perspective, the right view of who he is and how he's going to react to us. Uh, in John 16, 12 to 15, Jesus explained how that's going to work with the Holy Spirit, how that works. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. All the truth. That's, that's a lot. That's not stingy. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. That's the, the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to us. Uh, what's he going to speak to us? He will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now how much, what does Jesus have? <laughs> well, the next verse says, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said to you that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So how much does Jesus have? He has everything. All that the Father has. That's power, that's love, that's forgiveness, that's wisdom. Wisdom for any situation. The right word to give other people. I mean, whatever it is that you might need, he has, and Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit's job, uh, he's got stuff to speak to you. And when I speak, I don't just mean ideas or words, but also everything that comes with that, the power, the influence, the, uh, the provision that comes with the, sp- the word that God speaks. You understand that when God speaks a word, it includes uh, the substance of whatever that word is about. It includes the power it includes the, you know, the word to heal, the power to heal when you speak the word of healing. And um, that's what, what we speak, <laughs> what we choose to believe God is speaking and what we speak with our own mouths is really important. And, and so we need to be careful about that. Connie and I were in the office the other day and the copier guy was coming out and he had a definite word for us, right? And it was that he's like, these two copiers are bad and we're not going to fix them anymore. You've got to get a new one. And he's like, and I guarantee you they will both break down in the same day. And we're like, no, they won't. <laughs> right? We're not going to speak that. We don't agree with you. We don't think you have the word of the Lord on this. 
right? And we, what we do know, whatever, whenever they break down, that God is going to provide for what we need. And, and um, he was trying to convince us to buy a new one sooner than later from them. God will provide. Um, but so um, God, you know, Jesus is making a big promise to us. First of all, does it sound like we should expect that God's going to be silent with us? No, because I think God has a lot of things to speak to us, right? That's what he said. I still have many things to say to you. And so, um, how many of you think God has a lot, a lot of wisdom, a lot of word for us? There's a lot that we don't know, but you cannot bear them now. In fact, maybe what we're saying this morning is, we need to get our hearts ready so that we can bear them, some of these things that God wants to speak. But God is not silent. Um, he, and in fact, the picture is that he's sharing all he has with us. All that Jesus and the Father has, he's wanting to share with us. This is, that's an amazing promise. This is amazing. Uh, but what I'm saying is our expectations need to be there. We need to be expecting that. If we expect that, I'm thinking every time I sit down and quiet my heart, God should speak to me. I can expect him to speak to me. It's not like, you know, maybe the Old Testament are thinking, I'm out and I, I just got to wait for this, this really weird time or that special time and all of a sudden something unusual and unnatural happens. God speaks. That's, that's not what we should expect. We should expect Hey, he loves us. We sit down to hear him humbly, expectantly. He's got something to say to us because we always have stuff we need to know, right? We just need to be ready to hear it. We can't tell him what it is he's going to say to us, but we can expect that he's going to speak what, what, he want, what's, what he wants to say to us. Isaiah 55, 2 and 3 asks this question. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me. This is Old Testament even, but it's saying, listen diligent to me, diligently, and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. How many of you like that verse? But I think that's not talking exact, that's a metaphor. And it's talking about the voice of God is like rich food because it's valuable, it's good, it's effective and uh, brings satisfaction in our lives. Incline your ear. It's a good word. Incline your ear. Okay? Lean into God. Uh, you know, sometimes I have issues uh, in crowded rooms with hearing and I've got to like what did you say there's so much else going on around me you know incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live that sounds like an important thing that your soul may live <laughs> and we depend on the voice of God for our soul to live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast Sure, love for David. Who here is named David? That's a good word. Um, 
No, not for, you know, this is, this is talking about King David, but um, David's people and those who, uh, those who, uh, David really is speaking of the, Mess- the Messiah, Jesus. Um, and uh, we, we belong to Jesus, and so the promise is for us as well. So, um, why don't we incline our ear more to him? I think it's because of distraction, because we live in a world. Probably today, I would say today, with the kind of technology that we have, <laughs> I don't know if it's the world is more distracting, but it seems like it's got to be. Like the, there's got to be more distraction today than at any time. And I know there has always been distraction, things that would try to distract us away from God and his voice. But... Um, but God promises, the one thing to see here is that when we come to him, he promises love. And he uses two words, steadfast and sure, just in case we didn't know that about his love, that he promises sure and steadfast love when we incline our ear to hear his voice. And so the last thing I want to say, point is that his voice is recognized by those who consistently seek to be aware of him rather than being preoccupied by other things. How many of you are ever preoccupied by other things, uh, drawn away from the voice of God when we should be inclining towards him? Matthew 6, 31, 33 says, Jesus said, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? How many of you time, spent time today already thinking about any of those three things? Um, For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He already knows. Uh, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I know that's a familiar verse, but that's an awesome verse. It's, It's saying... You know, he's not saying we don't need food, we don't need clothes, we don't need things. We need stuff, okay? But, but what he's saying is we don't need to pursue them. He's giving them to us. He's, uh, he's saying, I know what you need, and, and good news, I'm giving it to you. So don't spend your energy, don't spend your time chasing after those things, I know you need them. Chase after God. Chase, chase after righteousness. Incline your ear to listen to his voice. And don't think that, it gets back to the pride thing. I've got I've to get these things for myself. No, God, God's got them for you. He's called the Father. He's called the Father. His job is to provide these things that you need. But what's really important is what is his voice. What's really important is knowing him more and serving him and following the shepherd. In Mark 4, 18 and 19, it says, this is the parable of the sower. 
and Jesus is explaining to his disciples and he says about the one part, and others are the ones sown among thorns. In other words, the seed of the word of God and the ground of people's hearts is thorny, full of weeds. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Kind of like this tree on the hillside by the driveway down there that's got that winter creeper stuff climbing up, which will eventually kill it if we don't pull those vines off on the workday two weeks from yesterday. <clears throat> by the way, we're going to have a workday two weeks from yesterday on October 13th, and anybody who can and has time, we'd love for you to come. Um, but... Uh, Jesus is warning us that, hey, again, don't, don't let those things get in the way of your relationship with me and what is truly important. Um, our hearts, we can't let our hearts become an environment where the word of God, the voice of God is choked out and becomes ineffective. Which if you turn that around, it's, it's the we actually have the ability to make the word of God ineffective. How could that be? Well, because God has given us that choice. We, he has made us children, not robots. He's given that, us that freedom, that choice. Um, but his desire is that we let our hearts be an environment where the word of God flourishes and bears fruit. And, and he's saying here, beware of the things that would draw you away and that would make your garden of your heart a place that's toxic for the word of God to grow, that would choke out his voice. Beware of that. Jesus says, uh, or it says in Luke 10, 38, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. How many of you think serving is a good thing? Generally speaking, yeah. Okay, but it says Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Jesus is getting used here by somebody, I think. Um, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. That's a Marcia or Martha? Oh. Marcia, Marcia. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled ab about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Um, so we said serving can serving is a good thing. Being diligent is a good thing, but be careful. Serving can become a distraction. It can become a trap if it displaces relationship with the master. And we we need to be careful of that one. If if the devil can't get you to be too lazy to serve God, then he can try to get you to. He, he may switch tactics and try to get you 
uh, too busy. He may get you serving so much that you forget about the relationship with him and neglect that. Um, So he's... um, We need to listen to his voice. How can we know what how we should serve and when? Ask the Holy Spirit. I know my son Caleb up at college, he's getting involved and at the beginning of the school year, more and more good opportunities for ministry and for serving, for making a difference because if you are diligent and you serve the Lord, you will prosper and you will have more and more opportunities and all of a sudden it piles up. And you can be so busy serving. How many of you know this? You, you can get so busy serving that you start losing time to spend listening, time um, in the word, time uh, doing. Maybe you get off and you stop doing some of the good things that God really wanted you to do to serve, like taking care of your children and your family or spending time with them. Or, and, and so what he's saying So what we need, we need to hear his voice because his voice will tell us, yes, do this. No, that seems like a good thing, but don't do that. Um, He he is the shepherd, and in that way we need to hear his voice as well, giving us direction. Because sometimes we can't tell the difference between what's really good for us or what's his plan for us and which one is not, right? And so we need to listen. Listen. Listen to his voice first, then serve. So last week, there was another example that happened in my life. Uh, I went to the doctor almost two weeks ago, and the doctor, she was looking in my ears, and she said, you got wax in your ears. I was like, yeah, well, that explains why I've seemed like my hearing, especially out of this year, hasn't been that great lately. And um, I, I guess there's this genetic thing. My dad has it where the earwax, uh, I don't want to be gross here this morning, but it kind of just like builds up and makes a solid plug inside your ear canals. And, uh, and my dad has that. And actually, uh, a couple days after I visited the doctor, we went up to Indiana and I was there. And I know my dad has told me before, he's got this uh, rubber bulb syringe thing. And you you put warm, you stand over the sink and he puts warm water into it and you actually shoot water, like you try to poke it into the hole in your ear, and you like as hard as you can you shoot water in there, and it sounds like a scary thing. So, but I was like maybe I need to do this, um, and so I went into the bathroom when I was up there because he had that thing, and I tried it in the the ear that was it was giving me trouble. And uh, I shot the water in there, and guess what? Couldn't hear a thing then. <laughs> it's like, whatever was in there, it just got sealed totally off. And I, and I tried a few times, and it just was like doing nothing. I was like, the water's not even going in my ear, I don't think. you know. And, and I tried the other ear, too, and yeah, really, it wasn't as bad, but it's still... So I went down, and I was like, yeah, it, di- it didn't do anything. My dad's like... Keep trying, it'll come out. <laughs> he knows because he's done it. He, he, he has to maintain his ears like that too. And so I went up and I, and I kept trying and I, it came out, <laughs> both ears. And so I was like, whoa, that was in there? That's crazy. You know, how could I hear anything? 
And um, so I don't mean to gross you out or anything, but it worked. And, uh, you know, then after that, I was walking around the house, and I was like, well, everything's too loud. <laughs> um, I get, got used to not hearing so well, I guess. So um, well, anyway, just like my ears and just like my phone with the lint in its belly button, uh, they, need, they need proper maintenance to keep working right, to keep that connection good. And the same thing with our spiritual ears. There's certain maintenance that needs that we need to do to hear God's voice clearly. And uh, I think we need, we need to persevere with certain regular treatments. And I came up with three, I'm sure they're not the only three disciplines, but there are three daily disciplines to keep your spiritual ears clear. And the first one is reading the word, reading the Bible. And that includes meditating on it after we've read it. Uh, it could be listening to the word, pe- people preaching or reach, reading teach, good teachings about the word. It washes you, the Bible says. The, the word washes you and it girds you up in the truth and in faith. Because we have so many voices around us that are speaking things that are not true. And a lot of the battle in, Christian li- in the world today is, is about truth and what's true and what's not. And we get confused and we need the word of God to refresh us in the truth, build us up, and also wash us from the gunk that gets on us. Things people say to us, uh, ideas that the enemy puts before us, temptations, um, philosophies that just aren't right. Even things in the church um, that, that Christians say that, that they're just not quite right. And the, and we need the word of God to do that and it will the second one is praying in the spirit or praying in tongues and any prayer is good but I think praying in the spirit the Paul says it edifies us it builds us up and if there's anything specific that can build us up we should do it right and it facilitates better communication with the Lord because when you're praying in the spirit the Holy Spirit is kind of bypassing your understanding which is limited and is praying just what needs to be prayed to God and and I really believe also it's like it's opening up a two-way communication where what we're declaring to God or even what you know if we're if we're praying and if we're speaking in tongues and we're declaring something out into the world this word of God comes through praying in tongues and uh, that is a daily discipline that I think the more we do it, the better we'll hear God's voice. Um, I usually pray in tongues a little while before I sit down to journal when I, when I want to sit down and listen to what God has to say. But, but to be doing that all, often, it's going to clear your spiritual ears. It's going to facilitate hearing his voice and the third one is worshiping, uh, worshiping him through singing, but not just at church. And it doesn't have to be singing. It can be speaking thanks to God, praise to God in your heart, just as you're going through the day to, to make a habit, a discipline of praising God and worshiping him. And what that's going to do is going to magnify the Lord in our hearts, in our minds, in our, in our feelings, 
God is going to be glorified and we are going to see him as he truly is. And it declares the truth to the environment around us. Whatever demons, whatever situation is going on, um, we are going to be speaking the truth and glorifying God when we worship. And demons flee. And so... um, The Lord is our good shepherd. Believe he has much to communicate to you and to me, to us, and will also empower us through his voice. Uh, You know, he is able to bypass the voice and manipulate us physically, um, but that's that's not his preferred method. He's like, don't be like the, the horse or the mule that need the whip or the bit in their mouth to be tugged around, okay? Don't make him put the collar and the leash on you and drag you physically. He'd rather speak to you, say, come here, go there, do this, believe this, listen to his voice. That's, that's how he wants to treat us. You don't put a leash on your child and drag them down the street, right? You, you speak to them and you teach them to listen and obey your voice because that's the best way to communicate. And the Lord is the same way with us. His his invitation to us for intimacy and communication is wide open. So let us humbly, humbly and expectantly come to him, putting away distractions Come to him and listen to his voice. And I can't imagine all the good that will come from us growing in this area. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we give thanks to you because you love us so much. Your love for us is steadfast. Your love for us is sure. We praise you for your voice that cuts through every problem, that cuts through every question, moves every mountain, breaks down every high thing that stands against you and your purposes in our lives and the lives of others. We thank you that your voice is powerful. We thank you that your voice brings us strength. We thank you that your voice brings us peace. We thank you that you have much more to say to us and that you've given us your spirit to speak to our hearts. So Lord, today we, Lord, we want to repent and come humbly before you. We want to repent for times that we have ignored your voice, that we have not given it place in our lives, times when we have not left room in our hearts for you and what you have to say. Please forgive us. Forgive us for being distracted away from what is truly needful, whether it be by serving or whether it be by uh, playing or getting addicted to whatever hobbies we have. Lord, help us to focus on you. Help us to be single-minded. Help us to see truthfully who you are in our lives and what you want to do. Lord, uh, anything that's blocking our spiritual hearing, we ask that you would move it out of the way. And Lord, we give thanks to you. We praise you. We bless your name. You are good. In Jesus' name, amen.